Praise God. Hi, guys. It's good to be here. Um, uh, I'm Mark, for those of you who don't know me. I'm the worship pastor here. And um, last month marked my seventh year with this family. Um, And this place and this family are so special to me. Um, I really consider myself to have grown up here. And um, I'm continuing to grow up here. Um, It's an honor to speak with you today. And I'm honestly really ecstatic about what God is going to do. I recently took a sabbatical and unplugged from music, um, social media, ministry, and work. and, um, And now I'm back. Um, and I'm back to real life and, um, everything that God's doing in our family, in the city and in my own life. And, um, but after being gone for so long, there's a little bit of a problem that I need to address. Um, and that is that there's so many new people here and I feel like I have never been to my own church before. Um, so hopefully we, we can remedy that in the coming weeks and, um, have some conversations, but. Uh, anyways, hey, could, could you pull the, um, the lows out of my voice, just so it's le- a little less boomy? If the Spirit's going to confirm what I say, I don't want it to be through the EQ, I want it to be through the word that he speaks. Because, <laughs> you know, we could hear a loud boom that's super cin- cinematic and it emphasizes whatever is happening, but... Um, it's really the Lord who's going to do something today. So um, today in our Growing in Christ series, I'm going to speak on Jesus, the Word. So um, I guess for starters, I want to kind of sum up in a sentence what I'm talking about today. Um, and it's that Jesus is the Word with a blue check mark. So for those of you who um, have seen on Instagram that there's like a little blue check mark by people who are verified, basically it means that there's credible sources and articles and publications that have spoken of that person, verifying that they're important. Um, When Jesus showed up, um, he gave the word the blue check mark and the word gave him the blue check mark. Um, Jesus lived his life in a very particular way. Um, And if he was able to live in constant connection with the Father, which he was, at all times, day in, day out, work, joy, play, mourning, um, I want to live the same way. Um, And I think it's time for alignment. Um, There's a lot of ways that that can happen, but today I want to zone in with our relationship individually with the Bible. Um, so, yeah, I'll hit that after I read the scripture. So, John 1, 1 through 5, um, if you want to make note of that or if you want to just remember it, lock it in, John 1. Um, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. 
In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you got your word open, skip down to John 1, 9. Or sorry, yeah, John 1, 9 uh, through 13. It says, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now, back to verse 1. When the word uses, when the Bible uses the word word in reference to Jesus, it is talking about, there's two different words that are interchanged dependent upon the meaning of the exact scripture. And those two words are Greek because the whole New Testament is written in Greek. Um, wow. I guess, no, never mind, dumb joke. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something about my big fat Greek wedding um, and the marriage supper of the Lamb, but. Let's just let that blow over. Um, So in the Greek, the words, there's two different words for word. (laughs) Um, The logos, or logos, or whatever, however you want to pronounce your Greek, is the written word, logos. Um, And then the rhema is the other word for word, and it's the revealed word through the life of Jesus. And they walk hand in hand. So, um, the Christian faith and this whole thing called following Jesus is built on the Holy Bible, which is an ancient manuscript, and Jesus himself verified this as where he pulled his teachings from, and we're going to get into that a little bit about, like, Jesus actually found out who he was, not just through the prophecies that his parents relayed to him that they got from angels and through all the signs and wonders surrounding his birth, the pinnacle of all history, but also um, he found out who he was by studying the Torah. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that, but... For starters, the Holy Spirit wrote the written word, the Bible that's sitting in your front pew or sitting um, in your Devo chair at home or whatever. Um, The Holy Spirit wrote it, and man participated. Um, And in John 1, I believe that the word is saying that the Father sent, because John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever would believe in him would have everlasting life. So I believe that the Father sent the rhema, Jesus, like the revealed word, the word in person. Um, And then the Holy Spirit descended upon him at his baptism when he was baptized by John and then the dove came down from heaven. And God confirmed that Jesus, the word, is the Son. Um, so, uh, all right, let's, let's 
go to another scripture. This one I like to endearingly entitle the original plot of the 12 AD smash hit movie Home Alone in Jerusalem. Um, and it's Luke 2, 41 through 48. It says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Jesus was born into a Jewish family and Jewish culture. Um, and throughout his upbringing as a Jewish kid, Jesus grew up studying the Torah. And by age 10, according to traditional Jewish education, he'd have memorized the entire Torah, which primarily consists of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So amazing. Um, let's see. Um, so, Luke 2, 41 through 48 Um, When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. They were all talking about the Torah and the word. Um, When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And he said, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Mary and Joseph How many amazing things, especially through the book of Luke, have confirmed the birth of Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And still, Mary and Joseph, in this moment, maybe they forgot. He was 12 years old by then. Maybe they forgot the prophetic words and stuff, but Jesus, being 12 years old, having memorized the word, knew who he was, and he knew whose son he was. And that was confirmed through the word to him and implanted even more strongly than the prophecies that his parents probably told him of like the encounters that they had with the angels. As I was preparing for this, uh, to talk to you guys about this today, I was like thinking about um, our relationship with God. And for me, growing up in charismatic circles and stuff, Uh, we place a lot of value on prophetic words and prophetic encouragement. But I really believe that it's time for us as a family to kind of restore, fully restore our relationship with the written word. Because if we only base our relationship with God off of prophetic encouragements that we receive from other people, instead of the exact manuscript that the Holy Spirit has left with us, to glean our faith from and to build our faith upon. Do you see what I'm saying? This is what Jesus is talking about when he talks about how we have a choice to build our houses on sand or on the rock. And um, if we leave it all to prophetic things and don't glue ourselves to verses, then we will remain in a place of looking for and trying to find stability in our relationship with God. 
And we're always going to be left wanting unless we build our lives the way Jesus built his life. That's really the summation of what I'm trying to talk, to, talk about today. Um, and I, I guess to start off, like that, I'm, I basically just gave my whole sermon, but <laughs> to start off, I want to tell you that um, I want to be vulnerable with you for a second. Can I be vulnerable with you? This was a lot easier in my uh, pre- preparation than what I'm about to say right now. I'm, um, and I hope that what I'm sharing with you, as I share with you, that you realize how safe of a place this is. Um, for all of us to acknowledge where we're at in our relationships with God. Um, and to start making steps into saying more yeses to Jesus and more no's to the things that, dis- that detract from life in Christ. So that's the preparation. Here's what I'm going to say. In my adult life, there are times that even in the past year, I've gone for months on end without picking up and really digging into the written word. We'll talk in a little bit about how the written word is a seed. And so in a sense, at times, I've gone far too long without letting the written word dig into me and plant that seed deep into the soil of my heart. Certainly living prophetically has a lot of value, but if I'm not rooted in word-given identity and purpose, the prophetic words spoken over my life and the personal promises of God lose their roots because God never does anything apart from his word. He is bound intrinsically to it, and his word is his creative power. That's how this whole thing came to be. And if he were to ever operate separate from his word, all of creation would cease to exist because God cannot lie. He cannot break his word. He cannot break his promises. And in an expanding world of individualism, um, I have been nurtured to think that... um, my priority should be to hold on to God's personal promises to me that I've received prophetically from him as opposed to starting with holding on to the personal promises in the written word as the foundation. And this is really on my heart because of a lack of discipleship that exists in Christian culture today that leaves us kind of just pray, throwing up prayer requests to God and setting a whole bunch of expectations in that relationship with him and not planting any seeds of the written word into our hearts. And how many people have met a Christian who is disappointed that God didn't answer their prayer? And how many people can you think of who are digging into the written word every day and their life is so stable and their relationship with God is stable. That's what I desire and that's why I'm opening up my heart to you today. (laughs) Um, There's 
And it's not to say that I don't have a foundation in the word, and it's not to say that I'm taking on any shame for the way that my adult life has played out and the choices that I've made and the distractions I've allowed. I'm not coming to you and opening up my heart and being vulnerable with you and telling you that um, with any shame in my heart. I stand here before you telling you that I'm seeing an opportunity for growth in my own heart and I'm presenting this to you as an opportunity for growth if you see this in your own life as well. Does that make sense? Um, Because for most of my life, I've had a deep understanding of the grace of God. Praise God. Because there are circles in Christianity that idolize the written word more than the spirit of God. And it's really both in tandem that we need for stability. Um, I was talking with John Mark earlier and, um, and he was relaying something that he heard in a sermon once and it says, um, if we build our lives just off of the written word, we puff up because knowledge expands and pr- we become prideful and legalistic if that's the only foundation. And if it's just the spirit, which I think is where most of us lie, myself included, we have... Uh, there's a, a proclivity to blow up or go off the rails without bearing or grounding in like who God has said that he is in the written word. We come up with new versions of Jesus that are not actually who he is and how he has described himself. And it's dangerous either way, whether you puff up or whether you blow up, but word and spirit where you're sitting in the written word and you're asking the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to you, we grow up. Because it's not, I don't want to show up in this relationship and say, Jesus, I'm actually going to define our relationship. I get to define who you are. I get to define what love is. Mm -mm. Not me. Um... I want him to define this relationship. And in order for that to happen, I have to study what he said. And I want to study the things that he studied and not just begin by studying my own heart and the things that I believe that he's speaking to me directly. I really feel like this is kind of a discipleship session where like, I'm sharing with you some stuff and I feel like I'm also discipling myself. So praise God. Um, Let's keep going. Um, I believe that it is contrary to God's will and the systems that he has put in place for our benefit for us to reap a harvest on seeds that we have not sown. Um, We'll go to Luke 8 in a little bit, but... um, I recently noticed some red flags in one of my friend's lives. Um, And how many of you know that when you start getting sketched out or critical of someone else, oftentimes that's an opportunity to allow the Lord to search your heart and help you search for red flags in your own life. Um, This came to my attention through a post I saw recently online. The post said something to the effect of, can anybody please send me a prophetic encouragement so that I can still believe in God? 
And it helped me realize an area of unhealth in that person's life, but instead of leaving it there, I allowed that moment of realization to shine a light in my own heart. And my heart broke because we go through so much pain in life. And if our foundation is built on something other than what Jesus' life itself was built on, then we can be easily toppled, easily taken out. Um, And Jesus talks about this in Luke 8. Um, I never want my life to be in a situation where I'm living from miracle to miracle, like needing a miracle every single day in order to survive or thrive or whatever, paycheck to paycheck, if you will. Evidently, we go through times and seasons where that is the case, and it's not to say that we should take on any condemnation for that, but I'm currently in a moment in recognizing this in my life um, where I have an opportunity to either continue living paycheck to paycheck in relationship with God in regards to like miracle to miracle and like prophetic word to prophetic word, or we can set up our lives practically to interact with the kingdom of heaven and see our hearts and lives begin to thrive instead of just making it by. Um, Okay, so let's check out what Jesus has to say about different types of people who have different types of relationships with the word. Let's go to Luke 8, verse 5. How are you guys doing? You tracking? You're on the same page? Okay, praise God. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Oh, by the way, before I continue, this this parable... Sorry, I'm going to... Just get this out of my ear. There we go. Um, It's causing a little feedback thing. I'm picky. It's okay. It's what I do. Um, Jesus said that this parable is the key to all the other parables. So this is kind of like as many highlighters as he could possibly find in his Devo kit. He's like, highlight this, please. (laughs) This is the keys. All right, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. All other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have, not been, uh, have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables um, so that though seeing they may not see and though hearing they may not understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes the word away from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a little while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble, good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. 
So I really believe that what he's describing here is a system to walk in the miraculous day in, day out, to walk in connection with the Father day in, day out. And that what he's talking about here is not um, phenomenal. It's not a phenomena. It's a system. It's a law within the kingdom of heaven. It's a surefire way to get results in your relationship with God. And the things that he mentioned in regards to the enemy coming and stealing the word or getting choked out by other influences, um, the thorns and the weeds and the crows and all, all of these things, I believe that he is describing them and presenting them to us as situations and contexts where we have authority over our lives. He's not saying, I really don't believe that he's saying, well, you had some weeds around you, so sucks. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, sucks for you. I really believe that he, like, the way that Jesus is growing us up has so much to do with the authority that he's given us in the earth and over our own lives and over our own mouths and over our own minds. There's like, I have grown up in a grace context which has led me to lean too far on the side of, oh, then that means I can just walk and talk with Jesus in the day to day and I never need to read the word. Obviously that's a lie when you say it that clearly. But when you let that continue to go for, for years as normal, it's like, it's missing something. Um, and um, if we don't have healthy relationships with the word, it's going to be too easy to start worshiping a false Jesus or give up on the whole thing altogether, which is what Jesus directly describes in this passage. And how many of you know somebody personally where that is the case, they've completely left. That's, it's so sad and it breaks my heart, but we need not continue out of fear of that happening. We don't live by fear. We want to just live like Jesus. And this is the key. This is how he built his life. He just continued to make sure that his heart was good soil, ready to receive. And he just fostered his connection with the Lord through the word. And this could be an entire series. There's so much that I had to whittle out of this. Um, this is how relationships work. I tell, you me, I tell you my name, and then you tell me yours. And then at a certain point throughout the conversation, we figure out if we're going to be friends or not. Right? No? Yeah? Or sometimes, let's, let's bring it down to a childlike moment where like two kids are sitting here like, my name's Mark. My name's Aaron. Want to be friends? Yeah. Done. <laughs> Sick. Well, I want Jesus to define our relationship. I don't want to come and just get what I can from him and live my life and never have roots. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm oh, the passion stirring up in me. Praise God. Um, 
It's very interesting. The way that Jesus referred to the words that he spoke. Guys, we're talking about being in relationship with a king. And I, I feel so strongly about talking about this because I think that reverence is something that we have missed out on in knowing Jesus as our lover. We have missed out on how glorious he is. Um, and I think that we're just being invited right now. I hope you are so receiving this without any shame, condemnation, guilt. The enemy wants to come and steal this word right now. And he wants to make you feel condemned and guilty and he's like self-conscious about this whole thing. No, this is an invitation. But I'm talking about, real quick, Jesus defining the relationship, okay? Um, in John 15, 14, he said, you are my friends if you do what I've commanded you. You're not a Christian if you call yourself a Christian. John 14, 15. 15, 14, 14, 15. Sick. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 8, 31. If you continue in my word, then you are truly a disciple of mine. And... Speaking of discipleship, that's the goal. That's the great commission that he gave us before he ascended. He said, go make disciples of all nations. He didn't say, go get, go get everybody to say yes to the prayer after you present the gospel. Make disciples. And what we're talking about right now is being discipled by the word. Because that's how Jesus was discipled himself. Um... Jesus, let's see, did I miss something? I think I missed where, when, yes, at the end of Luke 2, uh, it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. Jesus grew. The king of the universe grew. Like what? You're telling me that the most important kid in all of history had to grow in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. So he didn't come with all these upgrades built in. As, um, let's see. Throughout the four Gospels, in all his teachings, he referred to the divine authority of the Old Testament, and he directly quoted the Old Testament 78 times. So if he knew the word like the back of his hand and grew up into an understanding of the fact that he is the revealed word of God, if he implemented certain spiritual practices, like reading, writing, and memorizing, and applying the Logos for his livelihood in relationship with the Father, who am I to think that I can have a relationship with the Father completely independent from his word and his teachings? Just the word, you puff up. Just the spirit, blow up. Word and spirit, grow up. Uh, just add water recipes don't really work without the water. Like I said earlier, if our faith is built on prophetic promises instead of the word, we'll be searching for all of our lives for stability and we'll only find it by modeling our relationship with the word and the father after Jesus's. Praise God, that feels so accessible to me. That feels so easy. It feels a lot more easy than me scrambling for answers and trying to decide 
what voice I'm hearing in my head or in my heart. Mine, God's, the enemy's. The word, the life of Jesus. We have an opportunity to step into new filters. We have to change our lenses for how we see this written word. A lot of us have read the Bible and seen it through this lens of, okay, there's the Old Testament, there's a bunch of pretty interesting, and then some also sketch stuff and some whack stuff. And then, um, apparently, bless you, apparently the Father is like, it's, it's interesting, I don't know if I want to know that guy. And then Jesus comes in the New Testament, and it's like, okay, well, if Jesus was the perfect image of the Father, did the Father change? And why doesn't God answer my individual prayers? And then that's the end of conversation. Let's put the Bible on the shelf and let it get dusty. <sighs> I feel like I can't breathe anymore with that lens. We have to change our lenses to the life of Jesus reveals the Father, which reveals the story. And then you can go back and look at that Old Testament and actually find out what's happening and then, so the life of Jesus reveals the Father, reveals the story, and fulfills the promises. All in the life of Jesus. And um, there's some practical things that we can get into about like me encouraging you to do the 60-day challenge because that is a surefire way to just get back into the word at least tiptoe or dip your toe into the warm water of the word and get washed by it. Um, I bought a kitchen safe, which um, is like this glass and case compartment that you can lock your phone and your video game controllers and devices in at a time release. And it's helping. I've, I'm on it for like the past three days and I'm excited to see the long-term effects because I do it before bed so that I have time before bed and then I time it so that like after I know I'm probably going to wake up or my alarm comes off, then there's also like a couple hours to not have any screens and I don't even have access to it. And the other day, because of this kitchen safe, I like um, started reading, practicing the presence of God, which has been on my book list for like years. And there's so many practical things like that that we can just do to make space in our lives for the word. Um, and, um, okay, let's get, let's see, how am I doing? Uh, da, da, da. Nice. Oh, did I not? I didn't start my timer. It's been like hour and 15 minutes. Oh, sick. <laughs> how are we doing? How many minutes do I have? I don't know. Good for another 10 or 15? Do 10. Do 10? Okay, cool. Praise God. Thank you, Jay. We should just do this every time. I don't know about the timer thing. That didn't really work for me last time. Jason was like, you went so far over. <laughs> it, was probably, it was probably double my time or triple my time. Um, let's see. Let's just dig into a couple. I'm so glad I have 10 minutes left. Praise God. Um, when Jesus quotes scripture, it's like the ultimate mic drop every, every time. 
because he is the word that he is speaking. That's what's up. Luke 4, 18 20, through 21 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. <sighs> to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Ah! (laughs) That's crazy. He really knew who he was and it didn't happen. Like like it happened through his relationship with the word. And, um, okay, let's do Matthew 4. Jesus uses the word. Jesus the word. Jesus is the word. Jesus the word uses the word to fight temptation. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That's crazy. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. Okay, that's kind of crazy. The Spirit didn't bring the temptation, but the Spirit led him into the wilderness. Whew. I've been there. I've been in the wilderness, and it is not fun. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, I have not done that, praise God, um, he was hungry. (laughs) The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, for it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. The devil is preaching to Jesus. (laughs) I don't want to hear the devil preaching scripture to me, but if he comes, I want to have scripture on my tongue. Because how many of you know that if Jesus is the word and he's using scripture to fight temptation. And Jesus was actually tempted, by the way. This wasn't just like effortless for him. We have this idea of Jesus of like, of like the way that he lived his life, like as if he was identifying as the son of God the entire time. But so many times throughout his life, he said, I am the son of man which for me feels accessible but because he's saying that how he grew up and how he grew into his identity is now accessible to you. Like the miracles that he did and the way that he treated people is all accessible to us. If he's just the son of God, then he came with all these upgrades and I, I don't know, I can't do that. I can't live like Jesus. I can't live pure and sinless all my life. He called himself the son of man. Oh, that feels good. Jesus answered to him after the enemy brought the scripture to him and said, hey, here's a sermon for you, Jesus. Jesus answered to him, it is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. All this I will give to you 
if you will bow and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Guys, this is spiritual warfare. This is your warfare against anxiety and depression. This is your warfare against guilt and shame and condemnation. This is your warfare against sickness and disease and every other demon that tries to plague us. I want to be rooted in the word because I feel like the way that my life has gone and the things that have happened around me, I have settled for so much less than what I have been promised. And I have not been planting seeds for a harvest by holding on to scriptures by faith. How does this whole faith work? We believe Jesus. And that belief and that faith comes by hearing the word of God. And by a believing heart and a speaking mouth, I agree with that and participate in this faith and this relationship with God. Um, hmm, I want to read one more scripture to close. Uh, one for extracurricular, if you want to read more about how God's word cannot be broken, go into Hebrews 6. Um, it's so amazing. It talks about how God promised, what God promised to Abraham and how he promised it to Abraham. Um, but for now, let's dig into Matthew 7, 24 through 28. It says, everyone who hears these, these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and, that, and they beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew, beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Then Jesus finished these sayings, and the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as their scribes. Because the scribes knew the word. But Jesus spoke with something different, this authority. Um, let's see. I kind of want to just have everybody say something together. Are you guys down for that? Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, we could. Okay, say. Um, say, I cannot live my own version of Christianity out of touch with the very word that informed Jesus of who he is. Amen. I'm, I think I'm going to tie it with a bow there, and I'm going to invite John Mark to come up and just share a brief testimony on how the Lord has been teaching this to him lately. Say hi to John Mark, everybody. That was amazing. Thank you, Mark. That was so good. Hello, everyone. My name is John Mark, and I'm just going to share kind of briefly, yeah, 
um, what I've been going through the past two years and then just kind of where God brought me with the word. Um, so I woke up one morning uh, with this weird pain in my back and all 10 of my fingers were numb. And I had walked in signs and wonders for years before that. And fear just got a hold of me. I don't know how to describe it, but I was really afraid. And I went to a bunch of doctors and natural doctors, medical doctors had MRI in my brain, tons of stuff. No one could find out what was wrong with me. And it kind of subsided for like eight or nine months. And then I went through a bad breakup and I was in despair. And then it got really worse and I started having digestive problems. And it started turning into nervous system stuff where I had pins and needles all through my feet and up into my legs and up into my neck. And it was really crazy. And in October of 2020, I thought I was going to die. And I was alone in my apartment. It was quarantine. Uh, I had gone uh, remote for my job. And I was living in an apartment alone. And I remember just crying in my apartment alone, just like full of anxiety and fear. <laughs> and I was just like, felt like I was in a really low place. And I would like try and hear God's voice. And it was just like, you know, how many know when you're like super anxious? It's just like, I cannot feel like I can hear God's voice like at all. And I would read the Bible and it would just be like, uh, my brain was so jumbled, you know, and I had like vertigo and I like couldn't focus on it. And so I ended up going the, like the natural route and it helped a lot. And so like, I just would eat local food and just, I ate like five different foods for like a year or something. Like that was it, five foods. <laughs> it was kind of boring. Um, but it, it helped a lot. It helped a lot. But um, it it wasn't just natural. Like some of the, some of the stuff that was happening was spiritual. I would literally sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and I would hear voices, you're going to die, like screaming at me. And just, I'm, there were some days where I was just like felt so heavy that I would just be on the piano and I would just, there was this one verse I would cling to, I will not die, I will live and I will tell of the works of the Lord. And I couldn't like, I didn't feel like that was true, but I was like, I don't know what else to do. So I was doing that and I started getting better. And then so 2021 last year, it was like, I would just, I would be pretty good. And then I would have these like flares of just crazy symptoms. And um, to bring it up to like kind of present. So like three, three or four months ago, my natural doctor uh, like asked me to do or, or encouraged me to do a protocol with these prescription drugs. And I'm like a crunchy granola. And I was like, I don't think I want to do prescription drugs. But I was just ready to kind of be over the stuff. And I was like, well, if it can, you know, if it can fix my, all my stuff, then let's go for it. So I still remember the moment I was like, you know, putting it in a thing to, to drink it. And on, on the inside of me, I felt this check in my spirit. I said, don't drink that. And I was like, I don't know if that was the Lord. And so I started Googling. And I was like, what are the side effects? Like, what are the possibilities that this, this could be bad? And it was like, oh, no, kids take this. Like, you'll be fine, <laughs> you know, type of thing. And so I was like, okay. So I took it, and it completely jacked up my nervous system. I started having paresthesia, which feels like, like things crawling up your skin, up into my neck. It would keep me up at night. I could barely sleep. Um, it was bad. I was having muscle twitches where, like, my whole body was convulsing, like, involuntarily. I was having shaking hands. Like, it was weird. And the fear and anxiety just went even more because I was afraid. I got afraid. Um, and that kind of like basically made me realize, oh my goodness, in this area of health, I have not been surrendered and submitted to the Holy Spirit. I've been afraid and I've been doing it on my own and I've only been doing natural stuff. And so I basically repented and I was like, God, the natural stuff is good and all that, but like, 
I want to like be fully surrendered and submitted to you in this area. I like, I'm going to fully trust you. And so I did. And, um, as I've been giving it over to the Holy spirit and he's been leading me and guiding me and I've been trusting him as my, my physician, um, he's <laughs> led me to the word, <laughs> like the Holy spirit. Like every time I'm asking him what I should do, he's like, go me- meditate on my word. Go meditate on my word. Go meditate. He, the Holy Spirit's like always leading me back to the word, always back to the word. And um, I found myself over the past really four months, like having days where I felt really full of hope and faith, like I'm healed, like it's done. And then days where I was just like, just down in the dumps of like discouragement. And it felt like I was double-minded. And I was like, Lord, I feel like the dude with, when it comes to healing, I feel like the dude who said, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's exactly what I felt like. I, I believed, but I like also kind of didn't. And one day I had had like just a few hours of sleep and I was feeling really tired and I was Googling my symptoms because like, you know, I was, weird stuff was happening. Like I was feeling weird stuff in my neck and nervous system and it's weird. I'm like, want to know what's going on. And in the natural community, like you're your own doctor. So that's like a responsible thing to do, you know, to like Google and figure it out. So that's what I was doing. And then the, the Holy Spirit literally arrested me in this moment. And he's like, you are feeding fear and unbelief right now. And it's causing so much fear and anxiety because you're meditating in reverse. You're meditating on your symptoms. You're meditating on your disease. You're meditating on worst case scenarios. And I was seeing worst case scenarios. And it was spiritual too. Like there was a spiritual aspect of like fear, anxiety. This is, this is what you should expect. And so when the Holy Spirit did that, I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. And so I literally decided, I was like, I'm going to fast from fear and unbelief. That's the fast I'm going to do. So I just started cutting out everything that I felt like was feeding me something that was not what God's word was saying. And it ended up being like pretty much everything except the Bible. And so, so literally for the past like couple months, I haven't been like on using social media and I haven't been Googling. I like said, I'm not going to Google symptoms. I like made that a hard, fast rule. And I'm like, I'm just going to attend to God's word. And so as I've been doing that, something amazing happened. Whereas before I felt like it was so hard to believe and I couldn't believe it was almost like when I fasted from all the other things and just was listening to God's word, it was like faith supernaturally imparted in my heart. And I had all this confidence, like, wow, what God's word says is actually true. I wasn't trying to fake it. It was like, I actually believed it, but it was just the word implanted in my heart. It was good ground. So all this other stuff, like the parable of the sower, what was happening was I was words were being planted in my heart, but all this other stuff was coming and suffocating the word to actually grow up and bear fruit into, into real faith, into a real harvest. And so um, it's, it's been amazing. I had so much peace and so much confidence and I, I'm standing on God's word that I'm completely and totally healed because God's word says I'm healed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, saying that I'm healed based on whether or not my body is telling me that, which is a wild switch for me. Faith actually believes what God's word says before you see it, which is exactly how we're saved, right? You, you believe that Jesus raised from the dead and you confess with your mouth that, he, that God raised him from the dead and you're saved, right? So you actually believe something which you haven't seen. So faith actually has believes is rooted in what God said before you can see it. So that's what God was showing me with in terms of health. And 
It's been amazing, and I feel rooted and grounded, and it's been, I mean, God's Word is just such a, like, incredible, incredible gift. And so that's been the story, and just as I'm going to end, I just want to show you kind of, like, what God's been leading me to do um, daily, and, like, kind of how it practically plays out in my life in terms of, uh, like, what it means to live by the Word. And the thing that he's been bringing me back to is meditation, which is not just me in a coffee shop reading the Bible for hours, which sometimes I do that. Um, But, you know, a lot of us can't do that or we have other things going on. I feel like what he's been showing me is meditation is really the key to live a life where you're just saturated in God's word and you don't have to just be like, set apart at a place. Like you can be making food and doing this. You can be going about your day and doing this. You can be going to get groceries. So, okay. So I'm going to Sprouts. Anybody go no Sprouts? Yeah. They have raw milk there. Praise God for cows. And <laughs> I'm still a crunchy granola, but so I'm going to Sprouts, right? And I got the mask on, which is perfect. Cause I'm going to be saying stuff under my breath the whole time. So just imagine you're with me going to Sprouts. Crunchy granola. It's a saying. It's like you're a health nerd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're in Sprouts. So I'm in Sprouts. <laughs> I'm in Sprouts. And this is like kind of what it looks like and what it, what's been going on in my heart. Like if I'm just doing anything. So um, one verse verse like in the scriptures that the Lord's highlighted to me is Psalm 103. So I'm, I'm going into sprouts and I'm saying, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Thank you, God, that you have benefits. You don't want me to forget any of your benefits. You forgive all of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood continually washes me from all sin. Thank you, Jesus, at the cross you took all my sins as far as the east is from the west. Thank you that I stand before you innocent, holy, and righteous by your blood. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Forget not all of your benefits, who forgives all of my sins, who heals all of my diseases. Thank you, Jesus. You redeem my life from the pit of destruction. You have redeemed my life, Lord. You've redeemed my life from the pit of destruction. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You redeem my life from the pit of destruction. Thank you, Lord. You crown my life with loving kindness and tender mercies, Lord. You crown me with your love and your grace. Thank you, Jesus. Papa, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. You satisfy my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Newness, newness. My youth is renewed. You satisfy my mouth with good things. You satisfy my mouth with your word, God. You satisfy my mouth with your spirit. So that's Psalm 103, and then I then you can slide over to another one. You can slide over. You can slide over to Isaiah uh, to 
Isaiah 53, and you can go, thank you, Jesus. Surely, Jesus, you have borne all of my pains, all of my sicknesses, all of my diseases, all of my addictions. I see everything I'm struggling with being taken by you on the cross. I see it, Jesus, by faith. You took it all. You took my symptoms. You took my sicknesses on the cross. You took it all. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You took it all on the cross, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You, you took my place. You took it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. The chastisement, everything needful to obtain my shalom. Shalom is perfection in my mind, perfection in my body, freedom from every mental bondage, freedom from every demon, complete deliverance. Thank you, God. Shalom is mine. You took it on you, and it's by your stripes that I'm healed. I am healed by your stripes. I'm, your word says I am healed. I'm standing on your word. I'm a child of promise. And then you can go over to Isaiah 41. Do not be afraid. You're telling me, God, don't be afraid for I am your God. Do not be dismayed for I am your covenant keeping God. Thank you, God. You're my covenant keeping God. You're Jehovah Shammah. You're present with me. Thank you, Papa. You're my Jehovah Ra. You're my shepherd. And then you can slide over to Psalm 23. Yahweh is my best friend and my shepherd. I will lack no good thing. I will lack no good thing. Thank you, God. When I follow you, you lead me into green pastures. You lead me behind, beside calm, still, manuka, healing waters, and it's there that you revive my life and my soul. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And as you meditate on the word, it just like does something in your heart. I don't know how to describe it. And it just builds all this faith. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, and then the more you do it, it just becomes a part of who you are. It's just in you. You know what I mean? Like all that's just like in me. I, I don't know how that happened. It was just like, I started reading it and started meditating on it. And now I'm just, I'm like turning it over in my, in my mind, in my heart all the time. And it's just like medicine to my soul and to my body. And it's been awesome, man. It's been really good. I would recommend it 10 out of 10. I mean, it's just like a good thing to do. And just the more that you are familiar with the word and the more you meditate on it, you literally like, I could do this for hours now. I could just keep going to scripture to scripture and it's just like so rich. And then it's like, it's almost like the Holy Spirit's like jiving with me and giving me scriptures to like meditate on as I'm doing it. It's like awesome. I love it. So that's just like a practical thing you could, you could start doing in your day. And it's like really powerful. Um, yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs>